Welcome to the Friday Workplace Briefing. Workplace law changes so quickly. Tune in weekly to find out how the law is changing and what you need to do. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Matt. Morning, Andrew. How are you doing? No, Nina. No, no I just, just the koala. I've left it on her desk, in fact, for a surprise. Well, that's good. Now, look, I, I do want to say, Matt, I hit the news feed this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number mm-hmm. one, not the Ukraine war. No. Okay. No. Not respect at work. No. No. Shocking. But much worse than that. Leash and Bren and Ben, sorry, <laughs> from Farmer Wants a Wife has split up after six months. It's and the show only finished a week ago. It's heartbreaking. So it must it? have been there before you I know. Do I misunderstand? Can I, it's not live, Andrew. I can't believe it. I mean, it's. So just, can I say to you, the thing that scares me is mm. now with respect to work coming mm. in, mm. I think they're going to cancel the new love boat. Potentially. Hostile work environment. Oh, if there's anything Positive duty. Say, I'm going to say. I've seen sure. the trailers. Yeah, I don't think it'll be it all past Can. Master, Andrew. <laughs> Just, trust us. Can. The executives will be shaved. <laughs> <laughs> all right, look, this morning, funny week, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of cases in safety law, but nothing particularly interesting or exciting. Yeah, non parliamentary week as yeah, well, Andrew. Yeah. Non parliamentary week. Fair work. Not a lot happening there. Not a no. lot happening in the federal no. court. So. But a lot has been happening out there, which mm. is really telling us how you should behave and how you shouldn't behave. Yeah, absolutely. And not surprisingly, it's back to the AFL. Yeah, your favourite topic. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, it is. No. Uh, it's common for our clients, uh, commonly in the media, because we're only act for employers mm. and we're commonly involved in disputes which the media pick up. And we, mm. we know our media is at such a desultory level where we focus on cleaving social division, mm. simplicity and and carelessness around people's lives and mm. reputations. Mm-hmm. The things we see playing out in AFL I think are lessons that we should all learn very, very carefully. And mm. I, what I want to do is I want to tell you a story about each each club I'm going to talk about. Sure. And I want you not to grin throughout any of it. Right, right. okay. Uh, but right. I want your response at the end. Sure. Okay, so the Hawthorne Football Club commissioned through its board a report into damage done to certain Indigenous players. Now, this review they undertook wasn't all Indigenous players and it wasn't over any specific period. Now, that in itself to me appears odd. They expressed horror when they received a report from a person who's unskilled in providing the nature of the report that should have been undertaken. And the report, which was untested evidence only a select group of Indigenous players, also made recommendations about paying compensation for negligence. Don't comment yet. The players in question, some of the ones who were interviewed, not surprisingly felt frustrated by and disconnected because no cultural safety was provided in the method of review that was undertaken and no pastoral care has been extended at any stage in the club's history to properly manage these issues, nor is that a recommendation. Sorry, my eyes are starting to roll. Yeah, that's right. They raise a complaint and the president of the club gets up and says, this is just a bump in the road, quote, it's disappointing that these complainants would go to the press. Now, remember, somebody leaked the report and the only person who had that report was the Hawthorne Football Club. <laughs> so you look at all those things and you go, so there's a report about discrimination or racism, but there's no testing of any of those propositions against non-Indigenous players. So there's no comparator. Mm-hmm. And we see a number of players coming out and saying, look, there were things a bit like this that we had, but mm-hmm. none of that was done. There's no testing of it. Mm-hmm. There's no proper methodology that's deployed. There's no procedural fairness in any of it. There's no cultural safety or psychological safety for the people being involved. And the conclusion of the President Club describes it as a mere bump in the road. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it sounds like the sort of, uh, you know, textbook example of how not to do this. It does, doesn't mm. it, in every part. And, you know, and we'll go on to Essendon shortly, mm. all the president of the club had to say is, look, we've mishandled this. Yeah. Where's the ownership? Yeah, where's yeah. the ownership? You know, in good leadership, which is the beginning of all governance, mm. when you make a mistake, you immediately say, I own yeah. this. Don't double down. Yeah, mm. <laughs> which is what happened. Yes. And then dismiss very serious complaints mm. as people who shouldn't have done this and have actually damaged other people. Yeah. When you were the person who started it. Mm. So... It's a big thing you saw at the Collingwood Football Club over the report they got where yep. Eddie McGuire said, don't look here, no problems. That's right. We've seen in Essen, which I'm about to come to, mm-hmm. where despite pleading guilty in the magistrates and paying the fullest fine for a breach of safety law, they said, we don't know how it happened, no one took accountability and no yep. one's ever gone and apologised directly to the players specifically, mm-hmm. but to the fans and said, this was entirely our fault. Mm-hmm. Again, this governance issue that exists. Mm-hmm. But if the president of Hawthorne had have said, look, we fumbled this, these were serious issues, we didn't do it well, we didn't provide the cultural safety that should have been extended, the pastoral care these people mm-hmm. needed, we didn't protect other people who were involved in the review, we should have done an investigation, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have handballed it Reduce to the, the AFLs. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> we should have done it right ourselves yeah. first mm-hmm. and looked to everyone involved and incredibly sorry. The story would be dead. It would, it would. But yet here we are. And the players would be protected and yeah. other people's reputations would yeah. have been protected. And here we are with a new story that's got a six-month cycle in it. Yeah. Where these young players, ex-players, mm-hmm. are going to be hurt every day mm-hmm. and where everybody who is named is going to be hurt and damaged mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And eventually the club will be so damaged by it and it's drafting and growing and people like has happened to Essendon, yeah. it will be damaged for the next five to ten years. Yeah. It's an incredibly stupid thing. Oh, it's social side of the entry. Essendon mm. decide after ten years in the wilderness because their failure to address the damage they did to people, mm-hmm. they get frustrated with their coach, which was a process. They sack him. There's a turnover in the board. None of it's done with any process. Yeah. They say, we're going to adopt a process for choosing a coach, and then the last person they talk to, they appoint. Mm-hmm. And there is no obvious process. No. Then they appoint somebody to run a CEO search who appoints himself. Yeah. And a moment's reflection Mm. in respect of that person would Mm -hmm. show that they carry views which are inconsistent with any modern moral view of how we behave to people. Yeah. And utterly inconsistent with what they say their values are. Yes. And utterly inconsistent with what the AFL, for both men and women, say their values are, Yes, and in 24 hours they go, oh, we just found this out. Yeah. I mean, if a failure of due diligence at the very least, Andrew. But that's the use of process as as a shield for doing what you need to do to get the success you want Mm. and being careless. Yes, that's right. It's a misalignment of the process with cultural values. It's a failure to fit the process to actual tasks. And what did the President come out and again say? Well, I'm so shocked about this, so Mm. I've taken this stance. Rather than saying... We've really mishandled everything we've done for the last six months. Yeah. We've done it because we wanted success and we mm. should have looked through the lens of values and the yeah. way we behaved, and we didn't. Yeah. Again, story would be dead. Story is alive. Mm. It will damage the club for years to come. Absolutely. It will damage Brad Scott's tenure as a coach in the yeah. first few years, and the players simply will not trust, and nor, the, nor will their fan, a lot of their fans trust the leadership of the club. Yeah. So I'm raising that now, A, because I'm really angry about yeah. it being – such an important part of our culture, it should show leadership in everything that it does. Yeah. And yet in two of the largest clubs, we've seen the exact opposite. Yeah, and in actions, not just words. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And our actions go, and you'll see we talk about it regularly, if you make a mistake, own it. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough. 
But mm-hmm. I just wanted to raise it because I think it's important. No, very fair, Andrew. Mandatory COVID isolation stops on the 14th of 14th October. 14th of October, yeah. But that means you're alone managing with illness in your workplace, Matt. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, it's the final step. The government completely removed themselves from it now. You know, to the extent that it's a problem, it's your problem. So processes, policies in place about how you're going to manage illness more generally in the workplace. COVID now probably fits under that. But we know there's that little bit of that ongoing risk about the transmissibility and things of that nature. So, Which has common law and workers' comp liability right. sitting squarely with it. That's so right. this yeah. is not something you can just turn the lights off now. No. Say, okay, it's over. Yeah. You must have the infrastructure in place to that's protect right. your workforce and mm. the people who are injured. Yeah, that's right. The government pulling themselves out, it's not the end of it. That's a point we've made repeatedly before, but this is sort of another reminder of that. It's back to being your problem. Victoria celebrated um, in June the psych regs that were going to come in in July. Mm. Um, they're not coming in now until 2023. Well, yes, and some vague allusion to 2023. Yeah. Yes, it's what we have. But yeah. I just, I think for Matt and I, what we keep saying is they exist. Mm. Remember, when we look at what is reasonable practicability, mm. the place you go to are throughout Australia, what are the codes, the regulations, mm. what is the discussion? Because that is the industry knowledge that informs mm. what is a hazard. Yes, what is a risk mm-hmm. and how it should be controlled. Yeah. So, yes, it's not in yet, mm-hmm. but the regulators will be looking to the evidence they have to say, we're actually not doing this. And there is a real pressure, and as we've said, there's now two prosecutions alive, not on bullying and harassment, mm-hmm. but on bad leadership and management mm-hmm. of a psychological hazard, which are out and there will be many more. So just yeah. watch this space. Yeah, don't think that the absence of the being in place means that this is something that the issue goes away. That's right. Yeah. Wang, Lin and Darwin International Hotels. Oh, yeah, you've got a lot of feelings about this case, Andrew, understandably. <laughs> well, this is sort of a case you read it and you go, mm. the commissioner said what? Yeah. So this is a case where a young Asian man. Yep, yep, um, works at the front desk of the hotel. Uh, was had a number of jokes made by his manager. Yep, female supervisor. Uh, yeah, of yep. his ethnicity, of yep. his sexuality, of a yep. whole range of stuff, mm. all made lightheartedly. All of allegedly, which, yeah, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. All of which were unwelcome and Jim yep. knew were unwelcome. Yep. All of which the commission described as unfortunate mm. and recognised what it could could have an impact on someone's mental health. Yeah, unfavourable treatment on the yeah. basis of race and yeah. on the basis of sexuality. So, but yeah. just so anyone's missing this moment. Mm. So we do have discrimination and harassment. Yeah. And then the commissioner went on to describe quite correctly what are the elements of bullying mm-hmm. and then said this stunning statement but they didn't intend it. And that mm. was a driving force yeah. for the commissioner saying yeah. there was no bullying. Now, yeah. this is a bad decision. It was almost like it was in 20 font in the middle of the page. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Like, just Intention has nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with it. it. Yeah. They're discriminated. They're yeah. harassed. Yeah. It's bullying. Yeah. Yeah. All you needed was repetitive action. Yeah. Had it. Yeah. Objectively, not yeah. subjectively, mm. hurts, humiliates, or intimidates. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it would be reasonable for the person to be hurt and humiliated. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, creates a risk to health and safety. safety. was repeated, yeah. And I mean, so he acknowledges every element of it yeah. that he defines. Mm. And then as this aside says, but look, and he actually said to Lynn, who was the manager, mm. you shouldn't keep doing this. Yeah. So he recognised that it was wrong behaviour and yet still found it wasn't bullying. Yeah. Unfortunately, the people in this case will not have the means to litigate this further. No. Because no, if they did, it would be a scathing oh, my appeal judgment. Absolutely. I just want you to remember intention has nothing to do with it. No, the, yeah, it's, yeah, the intention has, that's right. The yeah. Intention has nothing to do with it. Now, HD projects for Greg Splat out there, g'day, mate. You raised this, we spoke about this a while ago, which was a principal contractor, a labour hire mm-hmm. provider, and our argument at the time was that the court got it right, the district court got it right. They said we're 
either a principal or contractor has a state of knowledge in respect of a risk, they can't go and point the finger at somebody else. Yep. All, both the principal and the contractor did have that state of knowledge yep. in relation to what was being undertaken. The swims was faulty. Mm-hmm. Both of them should have picked it up. And the contractor had demonstrated the wrong behaviour of using a forklift repeatedly before mm-hmm. to the labour hire employee was eventually mm-hmm. damaged. So for Greg, Greg said, why is that important to us? And it's because it drives home this issue around liability. Mm. You cannot shed liability when you have a knowledge of a risk yep. if you fail to execute against that knowledge of risk. That's right. Something we touched on last week. With the yeah, it is. Too, so thanks, Greg, for raising that, and thanks yep. for having the case. All right, Matt, we're now going to go on to respective work. Respective work. Now, can I just make a few passing comments? Oh, please, Andrew. I enjoy your passing comments. <laughs> you know when you go to your favourite coffee? coffee shop to get that nice, bitter Italian coffee and a Lavazio coffee, yep. and someone serves you Nescafe, you feel underwhelmed, don't mm, you? In the little paper. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. underwhelmed. Yeah. Well, that's the respective work bill. The respective yeah. work bill is Nescafe when we should have had Lavazio. Yeah. It was process where Kate Jenkins was engaged by the Liberal National Government, who at that stage swarming with allegations of sexual impropriety in Parliament House, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some of which are currently being litigated in yep. the court. And their reaction to that was to get a report done on respect at work. Yep. These are some of the most benign recommendations and of the whatever it was, 46 or 40, yeah, 45, 46, 46, something like that, yeah. For some reason, they only adopted five as the Liberal National Party adopted yeah. five, which mm-hmm. is a nonsense because as we go through them, there are only five key issues where there is a substantive change mm. and they're still relatively benign as That's well. That's right, yeah. So we'll see incremental growth and we've seen already the push in Victoria to make these types of things much stronger and to yes. provide gender equality in a much more real sense mm. and gender safety in a real yeah, sense. Yeah, gender safety. Yeah. But look, mate, let's just jump down to it. Yeah. First thing is a positive duty. Yeah. I'll say briefly one of the interesting things, this moves away from the employer concept to a PCBU, yeah, yeah. which is a real issue when we're working in joint ventures and collaboratively with other yeah. businesses yeah. about how we manage all parties in that collaborative. Yeah, process. that's right, for contractors and so on. But, Matt, what are the elements? Yeah, look, I think it's key, and I'll read straight from it to make sure I get it absolutely right. So employer or PCBU must take reasonable and proportioned measures to eliminate, I think that's the key wording, as far as possible, discrimination on basis of a person's sex, sexual harassment or harassment on the basis of sex, hostile workplace environments, which we'll come back to, and acts of victimisation that relate to any complaints or proceedings about the above. And what that really means is what you must do now is Mm. set up a system which is a defensible system, Mm. which has monitoring and reporting within it to demonstrate that you're complying with it. It's not a big risk, as the regulators will say, is a tiger who someone removed all their teeth, Mm. but it is a huge risk in very aggressive litigation. If you're unable to do that, you're already breached. You're already in trouble. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, if you haven't taken those steps that we're talking about here, reviewing your policies, having good governance in place, you're already breached the duty. And that's not a good place to start any no. form of litigation from. The no. other part is if we really care about people, we do monitor and report against them yeah. to make sure that we're constantly improving our workplace. Yeah. So that's it's the not, first. Yeah. not asking you to do anything different than you should already be doing. The enforcement yeah. powers, I, I started giggling. As yeah, I got to the bottom. Yeah, a good so, laugh at them. Yeah. so there's really none until 12 months after it comes yeah. in. Yeah. And then there's a cat sitting there with a bowl of cream in front of it. Yeah, it's a bit convoluted, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, Remember, they have know, no resources. No, that's right. That's right. It's not. It's not your fair work inspector from the ombudsman sort of knocking on your door with the notice. You know, it's oh, the HRC send you a letter basically and tell you, look, we think you've breached the duty, and 
you get a chance to explain and then they'll make a decision and you can appeal that decision. And it, it's all yeah, just... I can actually yeah. eventually, after everyone's fallen asleep yeah. and the cat's drunk all the That's time, right, yeah. They can send you off to the federal court yeah. and say, well, we want to prosecute this breach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see you're all terrified. Yeah, it just does not have the resources. No. It's a bit of an impractical Now, Matt, the hostile work environment's a really interesting part of it. Yeah. Tell us what yeah. the definition of a hostile work environment is. Yep, yep. So it's uh, uh, the first person engages in workplace conduct that occurs where the first person, second person, or both work. The second person is in the workplace at the same time as or after the conduct occurs and a reasonable person, having regard to all the circumstances, would have anticipated the possibility of the conduct resulting in a workplace environment being offensive, intimidating or humiliating to a person of the sex of the second person by reason of their sex or a characteristic that appertains or is generally imputed. So the classic example is a couple of boys making slightly sexualised joke mm. in the hearing of a woman who's nearby. Yeah. It's yeah. not about her? Yep. Okay. No, it could but, be about it. women generally. Or, but yeah. she feels hurt by it. Mm. She feels intimidated because of the male culture that existed. Yep. Now, Matt and I have had a lot of discussion about this, mm. but my, my view is it is important, and that certainly Matt agrees with me on that. Yeah, we're in agreement on that yeah. point. <laughs> but yet, no one's going to issue any proceeding about that. Yeah. But when they do issue a proceeding and they particularise 20 examples mm. of a hostile work environment, it's too late for you, it's all over. Yeah. Because yeah. it is the evidence of culture mm. which courts are most concerned of. Yeah, because what yeah. you're trying to say is, look, we mightn't have got this one right. Mm. There's a bit of sexualised behaviour. It's terrible. Mm. We we don't condone it. We've got yep. policies. Yeah, but here's the 20 examples of hostile work yeah. environment, and yeah. the court's just going to go, you're making yeah. this up on the run. Yeah, that's right. And sexual harassment rarely occurs in the absence of the context of a hostile workplace environment. So where once you know you would have simply just as a plaintiff lawyer led the evidence of these things as evidence of the context in which sexual harassment occurs. This is now itself an actionable cause of action that sits alongside the sexual harassment claim. And look, to Matt's point that it's important, it is important, it's a driver in workplace change. Yeah. Because what it means is you can no longer turn a blind eye. Yeah. Well, that's the that. after part. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. look, I totally agree with Matt on that. Mm. Representative proceedings. Yeah, so look, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty threatened by this one. Yeah, yeah. Look, so really just an empowerment of a third parties, but, you know, really this is targeted towards unions to bring sexual harassment or subjecting to hostile workplace environment claims on behalf of an employee or, or person who is a complainant about that sort of behaviour. And, so, and this is going to be used for indicative wedge complaints where someone's yeah. attacking an organisation, they find something with a few leaks. Yeah and they decide to industrialise the issue. That's right, that's right. So we won't see a lot of it, but it's there, and you've got to understand that it's being used already by the unions industrially around the use of safety as a method into workplaces. Yep. This becomes another means by which they can enter a workplace mm. to mm. investigate. Yep. becomes another means by which they can bring an action to bring down the leadership of an organisation yes. by concentrating force on a particular piece of... But as Matt's quite rightly said, except in education, government and health... Mm. They're mainly male workforces. The yeah. unions have strong concentration. That's and right. What we've seen is out of all of the others, health you think would be the most active space, but in mm. fact you never see that that union ever yeah. litigating on behalf of women. Yeah. Which is so yeah. bizarre. But anyway, yeah. that's so this might change it, but yeah, we're yeah. not super confident. Then there's the removal of the cost jurisdiction, mm. which is this is one I think is either Machiavellian, but I don't think it was that clever. Mm. But this is the death of part of a plaintiff practice because the plaintiffs 
use the cost jurisdiction to write a letter of demand and include costs in the final outcome, yeah. which brought you to the table very fast to settle. That's right. But they'd always throw in the costs mm. of what it would run half of it into it because yeah. they'd say, well, if you don't pay that, we will run it. Yeah. And so you, instead of paying forty or $50,000 for a general damages claim, mm. you're paying $150,000 and a hundred of that yeah. was for pre-costs. Yeah, that's right. That's and that's right. just gone. Yeah. Look, it might increase access to unrepresented applicants. Yes. And if you've dealt with any unfair dismissal or general protections claim with an unrepresented applicant, you know how difficult it can be. So this may create some difficulty in that, that, that respect. It'll yeah. certainly move people. But every yeah. state jurisdiction has a similar a similar cost style around that. Yeah. But yeah. you're right. It, it yeah. does in, increase yeah. availability, but fundamentally it damages the plaintiff business. That's right. That's right. And that's why I say I don't know whether they thought this through. I don't yeah. know if it was Machiavelli and sort no, of an, sure. anti, anti-plaintiff law firms. It's, yeah, potentially. But, but yeah, out of the last 10 cases that I've dealt with, every plaintiff lawyer has used Australian Human Rights Commission. Yeah as their target because of the cost. Yeah, you would always go federal, you'd always go for costs, yeah. All right, look, that's a really um, rapid feed down in the Nest Cafe. Yeah, yeah. Let's just hope that Australians are a bit better than this, that we actually go, this is a very tepid response to a very real issue. Mm. This is not about political screen to be Mm -hmm. put up in front of bad behaviour and federal parliament's not a measure of our life. Our our life is the workforce that Matt and I live in every day. And we do need better architecture because mm. we're failing. And yeah. all the current, current statistics show the gender pay gap is not getting better. Yeah. The gender representation on senior levels is, is actually not getting better. Mm. And I was just chatting to Lisa, who's one of our principals before, and she raised this issue, and actually it's the first time I've thought of it, but it's mm. so true. Mm. Matt would come into me, and if I disagree with Matt, he'll argue with me. He'd probably not notice that, but it's true. <laughs> but no, Matt, really? But <laughs> Matt would never say sorry. But if we look at women, the young women mm. who come into us and we say, look, I'm mm. not sure that's what I want, they go, oh, sorry. Mm. And that's partly because life has conditioned them to apologise mm-hmm. for what could be perceived as a failing rather than a learning. Yeah, yeah. That's the society we have developed. Yeah. That Matt and, and I will never say that. We'll just go, okay, I'll have the no, fight. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. That's the yeah, learning. It's our white male privilege. But really. yeah. that's exactly right. Mm. But repeatedly women will come into a room and assume it's their fault when they mm. haven't got the message or the style that we mm. want. That's certainly not a culture we want. No. Case study, Matt. Case study, yeah. Right. Yeah, tough one today. Let's see how it is. Yeah, yeah that's is. for sure. Well, we'll see how Stokes edited it to see if it's still yeah, the same. Yeah, we'll see if it's still the same problem. <laughs> Off you go, Matt. All right. Remus and Louie were both managers in the sales team at Honest Online Lingerie Hull. They were old school friends of the founder, Walt Wickley, a 26-year-old self-made millionaire. Both Remus and Lou had been to university and completed degrees in business with majors in marketing. They were close mates and enjoyed playing practical jokes. However, sometimes this went too far and when complaints were made to Walt, he would chuckle and say, boys will be boys. He would then speak to them and tell them to stop it and grow up. Bethany was a manager in the call centre. She was taller than both men, strongly built, quietly spoken and held a severe and concentrated expression. The boys would try and make her smile by cracking jokes, but she didn't find their humour funny, rather childish. Eventually, she sat them both down and told them, I'm not your friend and I'm tired of your lame jokes. Just treat me and others respectfully, please. It is impacting many in the team. They don't feel valued, safe and acknowledged for their hard work. You are not Chevy Chase, so just stop it. It's a bit of an old reference for a 26-year-old to make. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She, As, she was into that sort of thing. That's right. Yeah, harsh, European you know. vacation great movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the whole group National Lampoon. As Bethany walked away, the boys joked, women, eh? Wow, hard to figure. Bethany told Walt what she had said and explained this is no laughing matter. Her staff had complained about their behaviour and she needed his help to stop it. 
I have a drink set night at a nearby bar. Walt told Ramos and Lou. That's Remus. Remus, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right, you changed. I know, yeah. He's, yeah. he's become more Latin. Yeah. <laughs> After a few drinks. I was saying Brown. I told Remus and Lou what Bethany had said, and they said, yeah, she said the same to us. Lou said, between laughter from all three, she's so far up her own bum, she can't see the desk in front of her. Their conversation was overheard by Bethany's best friend, Carmel. Lou and, and Remus were unaware that Bethany's husband had an affair with a young woman or that he had blamed the affair on the fact that she'd put weight on and it was no longer attractive to him. The relationship breakdown had shattered Bethany and others had seen her retreat into herself. Sudden weight loss, eventually a drop-off in her grooming and tearful moments in her car outside work. Two months later, Remus and Lou were looking at plus-size models yeah, online. He's, he's not drinking. Ramos is back to Remus. He's got a two character. He's got more Scandinavian. Yeah, he gets a little bit of alcohol. <laughs> and everything. He goes, he's got more Scandinavian. Each time a new mark came up on the screen, they would ask each other, do you think this one is Bethany? Everyone in the call centre could see them, including Carmel. Walt walked past and saw and heard what they were doing. He laughed and said, cut it out. As Walt continued down the corridor, they continued in a mocking stage whisper. And another employee asked Walt what he thought. He responded to say, Yes, it is unfortunate that they mean nothing of it. They would never hurt anyone. Carmel went to see Bethany in her office and told her everything. Bethany didn't cry. Her face seemed detached and she walked straight past Carmel down the stairs, appearing like an automaton to those who saw her. As she crossed the road, she didn't look and was struck by a car and killed. All right, think through these questions. Yeah, yeah. Ignore the change of name for a Yeah, no, no, remember to. Ramos is Ramos. Ramos, yeah. Ramos is yeah. Yeah. He's Rex, it's the same, yeah, same person, yeah. yeah. We have a Spanish tapas bar across the road from uh, our office, Andrew. Do we? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, I might go as remote. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure I'll try. My non Yeah. Were the initial jokes and comments about how difficult women were, although not directed at Bethany, a breach of the prohibition under the new respect work changes? Well, yes. I mean, this is the exact example that we gave. You know, Thank you. Talking, yeah, I mean, yeah, can you believe it? Alignment for the example of the case study, Andrew. Never have guessed. <laughs> but yeah, this is exactly the issue that we're talking about. And the overhearing of the comments, the, the not directed to her, the after the fact, all of that, Subjection to a hostile work environment under the new changes. Okay. When questioned after Bethany's death, both Remus and Lou strongly defended their actions on the basis they never intended to hurt her. Does this mean their behaviour was not discriminatory, harassing, and/or bullying? Oh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty simple. Intention I mean, has, yeah, nothing, to has nothing to do with it again, yeah. just entirely relevant. Yeah, so what we can see with discrimination mm. is there was a protected attribute there. Yep. It was unfavourable yeah. treatment, treatment on the basis of yeah. that, or uh, comparative yeah, tests, yeah. unfavourable yep. treatment in that respect. Caused damage. We see yep. harassment, repetitive actions, yep. and we see in bullying, repetitive actions, yep. unreasonable. Risk of health and safety, and all of those things. Okay. Yeah. Three, Bethany had never said she was depressed. Legally, did Hull and Walt owe a duty to intervene and protect her? based on a mental health condition. Well, yes, yeah, again. So, I mean, this is the sort of Burke and Suncorp sort of situation here. These are such visibly noticeable issues, including the fact that she came and talked to Walt about this. You know, it cannot be said by Walt that no other thing had been said to her. Yeah, and remember when you've got Grant and um, DPP, Mm. the obligation is not only to intervene, it's to create a plan to protect her. Yeah. Nothing is there. Yeah, he's done nothing. Could Walt be convicted of industrial manslaughter? Yes. So just yeah. let me go through that. Sorry, yeah, breach please. of a duty. Yep. It's a gross breach. Yep. And it causes death. Yep. And it can be outside the workplace. Absolutely. Yep. Nothing could be a greater gross than knowing exactly what the problem is. Yeah. Laughing it off. Yeah, the laughing it off. Failing yeah. to intervene. Yeah. Being aware of how grotesque the comments mm. were about her. Mm. 
you'd be pretty close to getting industrial manslaughter. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's on so. the edge, but I reckon you're pretty close. Yeah, I think that's fair. What about Remus and Lou being convicted of reckless endangerment? Yes, yes, but I'll let you go through the elements of it. That's <laughs> <laughs> very kind. No, of it's almost you. like you don't know that. I just don't know. Very okay. quietly. So <laughs> high, high risk of injury or death. Yep. Yep. Careless as the as to the behaviour. Yep. Okay. So most definitely. Yep. And it has the out, outcome of serious injury or death. Yep. I'm yep. afraid you're there and it's in the workplace. Yeah. Really high risk. Okay. Absolutely. And the fact that death occurred outside has nothing to do with what occurred inside, yeah. which means reckless endangerment does lie because the causal factors were inside and they were the wrongful ones. Yep. Absolutely. Well, there you go. With only seven seconds to uh, go, Matt. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, well done. Nina, oh, come back. <laughs> At the Amalfi Coast? At the Amalfi Coast? Yeah. Coast? yeah. yeah. What is it? Talk about seagulls. And now, set yeah. forget for next week. Yeah, please shoot in. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the older thing. <laughs>